welcome to this Linklater's podcast on operational resilience. I'm joined by Claire McMullen and Becky Heesman, and we've just been listening to a webinar hosted by the FCA on operational resilience. Claire, what message did the FCA have for firms? In short, the message was that there's only two months to go until the new rules start to take effect on the 31st of March. So act now to make sure that you're ready for that milestone. We've been working with our clients to help them check their readiness. With the, a regulatory change program like this, it's helpful to get an outsider's perspective uh, to give you assurance that what you have makes sense and meets the criteria for the new regulations. As well as reiterating the things you need to do in these last two months before the 31st of March deadline, the FCA also shared specific feedback on certain aspects of the regime. This feedback is a really useful pointer about what the FCA expects from you and how they're planning to deploy the regime in practice. Okay, so Becky, what, what were the points which struck you? Well, Simon, there's a point we've spoken out about before on previous podcasts, and that's the importance of self-assessment documents. Now, as you know, this is the package of materials you need to have in place by the end of March, which shows how you comply with the operational resilience rules. And as we talked about before, you need to include in this pack justifications for various important decisions you've made while you've been implementing the rules into your business. And so then what more did we learn from the FCA about what firms need to do with this? Well, let's take important business services as an example. By now, you'll have looked at all the services you provide to customers and you'll have determined which of these are the most important business services. But the story doesn't end there because the rules require you to record the justification for making that decision for each important business service. Now, the FCA has told us two things about this. Firstly, each justification for each important business service should be distinct. This means that copying and pasting your reasoning for different business services isn't going to be good enough. And secondly, it seems the FCA is especially keen to see metrics relating to this decision. For example, customer numbers, transaction volumes, nature of customers using that service, and so on. These metrics can strengthen your case for classifying a business service as important. Some firms may have collected this data, but might not have thought to capture it all in their self-assessment documentation. Thanks, Becky. And on a related point, I thought it was interesting to hear the FCA say that they want the names of firms' important business services to be understandable to people outside the organisation. Perhaps it's a minor point, but you can see that it makes sense from their perspective when it comes to supervising the regime and interrogating firms, that it's clear from the face of each important business service description what is and isn't included in that activity. Okay, well, let's say you've got your list of important business services now and you've got their clear names and distinct rationale and you've collected your records of, of why you chose them in the first place. The next step probably is to set impact tolerances for each of those uh, important business services. So what feedback did the FCA give on impact tolerances? Probably the main point, Simon, is a reiteration of what impact tolerances are all about. To illustrate this, the FCA encouraged firms not to use RTOs as impact tolerances. RTO, of course, means recovery time objective. In other words, how long you expect it will take you to get your systems back online. You might think that this would be a helpful gauge for impact tolerances, but the FCA says actually RTOs are an internal measure used to understand how you would recover from an operational disruption and impact tolerances should be determined differently. They're meant to be based on external factors, identifying the point at which the disruption causes intolerable harm to customers, for example. 
So it's not a question about how long it takes your systems to recover, but how long an outage can continue before it causes that intolerable harm. This is, of course, a tricky question, and the SCA will be looking for you to have recorded a clear thought process for how you came up with the answer. Thanks, Claire. Becky, what other guidance did you pick up from the webinar? Well, we haven't spoken about mapping yet, and we know that's something that firms have been working on, especially in the last few months. There were questions from the audience about how granular firms should go with their mapping exercise, which is a question we've also heard from clients, but it seems that from the SCA's responses, they're leaving it up to firms to decide the best approach on this. One thing I thought was interesting was the focus on identifying vulnerabilities by the 31st of March, 2022. Basically, the message is that the purpose of the regime is not for you to show how resilient you are, but to encourage you to spot gaps in resilience and then have a plan in place to address these. You don't need to have actually addressed those resilience gaps by the end of March, but you should have identified the vulnerabilities by then and have a plan for remediation, which you can roll out during the three year transition period. And there was some interesting commentary on how the FCA will supervise this policy in practice. For example, they confirmed that there aren't any plans for a mass review of firms' operational resilience documentation. That said, you still need to have it ready so it's available on request. I expect the FCA will start making such ad hoc requests from some bigger firms um, sometime after the 1st of April. They also said they would request the documents as a matter of course after an operational disruption takes place. The upshot is that even once you've got it ready for the end of March deadline, it's important that you don't forget about these operational resilience documents. They should continue to be developed, especially during the transition period to March 2025, so that at any given point they're up to date if they're needed. That's right, Claire, and I think it's also worth remembering that the self-assessment document needs to be approved regularly, so that's something that senior management will need to do on an ongoing basis. And Claire, what are your final thoughts for us? With two months to go, where do you see the risks are for firms? In terms of risks, I think the clearest risk is that self-assessment uh, documentation that we've been talking about, the sort of adequacy and completeness um, of what firms record. You have to remember that the first time the regulator picks up this self-assessment document could be in the wake of an incident, in which case they may be well be reviewing it with the benefit of hindsight. With two months to go, wherever you are in your process, I think time and attention needs to be given to putting together that pack uh, to evidence your compliance with the regime and getting it ready to show not only senior management, but also potentially the regulators. Thank you, Claire and Becky. Please get in touch if you have any questions. For now, thank you for listening and goodbye.